So I've uh, started listening to your songs that you shared. And um, all I have to say is thank you, everyone, for being so vulnerable. There's uh, a lot of heavy subject matter in these songs. A couple of them I'll talk more about in detail and how they made uh, the, the impressions they had on me. Um, but one impression I definitely wanted to uh, relate to you, especially at the beginning. I'm recording this, uh, what is it, 2.25 in the morning? Thank you for everyone who participated. It's been very cathartic to listen to your different perspectives on such similar emotions and to hear the <clears throat> broad spectrum of ways to express those emotions. I think that was my, um, that was the most prominent. Um, realization that I got from this. Um, I'm also going to share some songs with you guys that have shaped me, and they'll they'll be different than if you're following me on following me on Facebook. They'll be different than those albums that shape my taste. But songs will definitely come from some of those albums, but. Most off, I want to just thank you guys for sharing um, sharing your emotional world with me. An impression that I got is that you are so deeply emotionally minded. Even if on, I don't know, even if based on my perceptions of you and social media and some of you have actually met in person and what I mean is I appreciate you and this goes back to um, what I was talking about in the last podcast, The Mask. I appreciate you letting that down by sharing your favorite music with me. Um, I think that's so important right now, right? As we're moving into this um, this greater awakening. <laughs> Going back to the podcast I did with Michael, the uh, the fear mongers and how they've screwed themselves over in terms of trying to divide us. If we focus on the positives of, or maybe the silver lining of those of these of those universally shared traumatic events, what they've actually accidentally done, and I think it was accidentally done because. If they're that evil, there's no way they did this on purpose. And also, they may be a necessary evil or whatever. It's that 
it, it highlighted how we are so energetically connected and so emotionally connected. And or which highlights the importance of meeting yourself and learning to fall into true love, understanding in a deeper connection with yourself. And that, in fact, that is not selfish at all. It is critical. It is crucial. I want to share something with you guys tonight. I have, uh, this whole day I felt disconnected from who I am. And I think I actively chose that today. Kind of like the pendulum swinging, you know. Yesterday was, uh, was, <laughs> it was a fun day. Um, or the, I mean, the day that I, re that I recorded the podcast with Michael was a fun day, a, f a day of enlightenment. And uh, I danced, actually, at Wingnuts. And while I was dancing to the song Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, which is my favorite fucking song right now, um... My, my homie Tanner just pulled out his camera and started recording because I lost myself in that song. And I don't dance, like, conventionally. Like, I wouldn't say I dance conventionally, like, well. But that wasn't why they were filming me. I think they just sensed a truth a vulnerability I didn't I mean I was aware of who was watching me and a little bit of it was performative but you guys I just love that song and it just makes you want to dance and shake off all that negative vibration that's been trying to bombard me lately and I know you guys have been feeling it too it's and for a long time I can tell and I feel you and it's a heavy, heavy fucking feeling being an empathic medium, a psychic medium, uh, especially a fledgling one. Learning to not just draw the boundaries, but respect the boundaries for myself. I have a tendency to feel very guilty it's a very strong tendency. It's almost not even a tendency. It's it's like a habit to feel guilty for drawing my own boundaries. And and being okay with um taking time for myself longer than what I think people want me to take. Um kind of a it's it's a softer side of um the coin of, uh, you know, the um, 
fuck what people think. It's a softer side of that. It's more of um. I also don't want you to give a fuck what people think. In the sense of... There is so much fear going around. And uh, make no mistake, there is an energetic war. That has always been happening within me. To the point where... I'm realizing now it's more, it's like, I'm going to use that word again, crucial, critical, that we recognize that it's okay to take time for ourselves. And um, I think I said this in the last podcast, you know, some of us are meeting ourselves for the first time. And uh, before the break, which I didn't actually finish, we had 23 minutes of other recorded audio, Mike and I, and here's my ego. Uh, His voice was more prominent in the 23 minutes, and I didn't like that. (laughs) And Michael might hear this and be like, what the fuck? But I don't care, because this is my podcast. Um... I wanted my voice to be heard because this is my podcast. Uh, We were experimenting with some Bluetooth. I'm so grateful for anybody who listened to that terrible audio all the way through. Um, It's not the quality that I want to deliver to you guys. But um, the content is still there. So, gratitude. So grateful. Um... So grateful that I'm grateful to me that I started this. Um, I'm grateful to me that I'm continuing this. But with that gratitude for myself and my efforts, that is intrinsically tied to the gratitude I feel for everyone sharing their personal world with me. And I take that trust very seriously and I respect that trust. Um, it's elevating me to hear your stories which is um, something I've been scared of uh, since since I don't, I don't even know what t- oh, time like I said doesn't mean doesn't mean a lot to me right now but in the sense of like uh, it's like how do I pinpoint when this started mattering or, or or when it didn't matter or or whatever there was a time and I can feel that there was a time where I was terrified of people I'm still a little scared of y'all you know because the more that sometimes it feels like the more that I open up and 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 care that leaves me up and open to uh, to more pain, I guess. And another perspective that I have while also experiencing those emotions is that I would rather feel pain than nothing at all. 
because I remember, at least on on some level, um, being numb after um, the most significant relationship up until Jessica. Um, we're talking outside of family and stuff. Uh, her name was Holly. We were engaged. And it was... I mean, there were so many red flags that I see now. And we were children, emotionally. Uh, but, but when that all inevitably... <laughs> truly, inevitably, when it truly inevitably fell apart... Um, it fucked me up for a long fucking time. And I, I, I let it, I did. Um, because other than, up until that point, other than my mother, I guess, or, or any woman that I'd had the privilege of dating, uh, that was really kind of the most vulnerable I'd ever been. And uh, it fucking sucked. I know it sucked for her too. But I'm, I can't speak for her. I can only speak for me. It hurt so much to feel that this person that I was that I thought I was in love with, that I was sharing my soul with, or, th you know, as, as far as I knew myself, I was sharing the extent of myself. And it wasn't enough. And the, the, the fact of the matter is, I didn't think that I was enough, and neither did she. That's why I say it, it, it was an inevitable end. It could not have lasted. It was not sustainable. Nonetheless, it was body and soul as much as I knew. But to shift from, but I want to shift from the, uh, the, the doom and gloom of it. Oh, excuse me. It wasn't all doom and gloom in the end. I mean, don't get don't get me wrong. It hurt so bad. It was excruciating pain. There have been so few times in my life where I have primally fought and yelled and screamed kind of like tooth and nail kind of fighting and it wasn't fair it wasn't fair fighting I was going for blood and so was she and it was volatile towards the end no actual physical abuse but well at least not on my part but I uh, I think we both, well, fuck it. I, I can't speak for her. I speak for me. I wanted more. 
acceptance. But I wasn't giving that acceptance to myself. I was still dealing with a lot of guilt and shame for my humanness of um, sexual deviancy and, uh, well, quote-unquote sexual deviancy. And so because I didn't accept it, and because she didn't accept hers, I'd imagine. Uh, but most, espo- most especially because I didn't accept my own sensuality and sexuality. There was no way that anybody else was going to accept mine either. Because I was walking around like a like prey. thinking that was the only option predator or prey I was too scared to be a predator so I just defaulted to prey but I take comfort in the fact that I'm here now safe in a loving relationship with myself and with Jessica there are so many scenarios that I painted I paint yeah painted and paint in my head that uh, that Jessica and I have never actually gone through but my imagination is so visceral and so uh, and uh, like I imagine the scenarios that could happen, the conversations that could happen and my brain and my body don't know the difference so it's emitting the chemicals and the hormones and the things the, the, the fight or flight emotions and all that like it's already happened and everyone I want you to know it they haven't happened. It, it's all in my head. Learning to accept that Jessica loves me for me and that I have nothing, I have no need to hide from her is so wild and foreign to me but I love it at the same time and I love her I see her and I love to think altruistically that she sees me in the same way that I see her you know what you know what the sweetest thing she said to me today was she thinks I'm brave That that made me cry a little bit. It's making me cry up and tear up a little bit now. I have never really thought of myself as brave. Actually, I'll even pull it up. I uh, shared 
this uh, this post with her because I love it. Um, and if you would like it, I can also share it with you. It's uh, are you an ask cult? Are you part of the ask culture? Or are you part of the guess culture? And let's see the abstract here. Let's see. I want to give it to you straight. So I guess there was a there was a post that somebody shared about um, a sister asking uh, the couple that posted this story if she could stay, and this person thought that was rude. So um, one of the comments, I guess, uh, from a user tangerine he says this this is a classic case of ass culture meets guest culture in some families you grow up you grow up with the expectation that it's okay to ask for anything at all but you got to realize you might get no for an answer this is ask culture in guest culture you avoid putting a request into words unless you're pretty sure the answer will be yes Guest culture depends on a tight net of shared expectations. A key skill is putting out delicate feelers. If you do this with enough subtlety, you won't even have to make the request directly. You'll get an offer. Even then, the offer may be genuine or pro forma. It takes yet more skill and delicacy to discern whether you should accept. Does that sound familiar that sounds like my family when i was growing up all kinds of problems spring up around the edges if you're a guest culture person and you obviously are then unwelcome requests from ask culture people seem presumptuous and out of line and you're likely to feel angry uncomfortable and manipulated if you're an ask culture person, guest culture behavior can seem incomprehensible, inconsistent, and rife with passive aggression. Obviously, this sister that was asking the couple was an ask, and the other couple were a guest generation. The thing is, guest behaviors only work among a subnet of other guest people. Ones who share a fairly specific set of expectations and signaling <clears throat> techniques. The farther you get from your own family and friends and subculture, the more you'll have to embrace ask behavior. Otherwise, you'll spend your life in a cloud of mild outrage at the cluelessness of everyone. As you read through the responses of the question, you can easily see who is guess and who is ask. Uh, via the comments. Um, I loved this because my family is very guest culture. Not in the sense of... Um, I, well, maybe. Maybe it was the sense that mom didn't want to say no, but I know for sure, for me, in my family... I didn't like being told no. So, 
even though I might have started off like my heart and soul is ask culture. I got so tired of being told no by my mother. And maybe even by society. Like asking for permission. Because it, it was always fucking no. Because once you ask for permission, it's always no. Especially in that close-knit subnet of people like that, you know? Um, so I, I shrunk myself and adapted to guest culture. And I got pretty good at it. But that is that is my... That is the female energy of my family. Guest culture. When, when we were growing up. When we were growing up. Because that was my mother. Right? I come from her. And I think my dad was very ass culture. Ass. <laughs> Ask culture. And uh, so, so I sent it. I sent it to my sweetie. Because I really... I'm not trying to like call her out or anything. I really just want to get to know her and I want to be able to make, I want our relationship to work. And so for us to work, I need to find out where she is and then, okay, that's where you are. Then I respect that. Then I will, then I will cater and, and, and compromise. Um, and so, and one of the reasons why I shared that is because I thought, ah, oh, shit, we're both guest culture. Maybe that's why we don't communicate very well. And I alluded to it a little bit with some guest culture <laughs> fucking feelers. And she exhibited some ass culture directive, like directness. And she said, no, I think you're ass culture. What did she say? Oh, it was so beautiful. It made my fucking day. She said... I Oh, I said, uh, so what's your culture? Ask her guests. And, and then I said, because I'm pretty sure my whole family was guest culture. Because uh, we didn't like being told no, so we barely asked. And she said, I'm a guest, you're an ask. I was like, you think so? And she says, you are now anyway. And I was like, huh, interesting. I'm a little bit, I'm a flat, I'm flattered a little bit. And she said, yeah, you have no fear for asking anything. You have no fear asking for anything, exclamation point, brave. And I was just like, you think I'm brave? Baby, that's the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. That was wild for me, you guys. For anybody to see me as brave. Uh, so, so maybe we just, we ask ourselves. And, and there's no wrong answer here. There, like guest energy or guest culture and ask culture. I don't think there's any... Above or beyond, any more than there is like introvert and extrovert. There are just people, right? Labels help on some level to help direct us to respect interactions and respect people, and then to cater our interactions with those certain sets of people, right? 
and really be able to understand because the human psyche is in it insanely complicated Jessica and I for example could spend the rest of our lives together and I hope we do I really do because she's so dope She's amazing, and she surpasses my expectations, which are pretty shit because of my own limiting beliefs. <clears throat> but she she surpasses my own expectations because my expectations are pretty low because of the expectations I put on and allow to put on other people and all the shit. And this is something that I love from this experience of you sharing your music with me. It's an awakening. So, so the labels help a little bit. They help start the conversation. They help start the conversation of respect. That everyone has their own infinitely complex story. And that to love is to understand that We've all done shit, and it's been shitty. Either we compromise our own standards via violating somebody else's boundaries. We've all done it. It's ugly sometimes, and it sucks because we know it's against our spiritual nature, but And I'm going to take a page from uh, what I know. I haven't studied any other religion this closely as I have Christianity. But, um, so I'm going to take a page from uh, Jesus Christ's book. Not the New Testament, but from the philosophy of him and the other great people that we get to read about. Um... There is, on some level, an infinite atonement. And I don't think Christ was the one to actually pay for all our sins. I think that's a bit um, unethical to put on one person. As wonderfully philosophical as he is. Um, I think he was just... a he was a psychic, empathetic medium that just endured incredible amounts of pain because he felt the incredible amounts of pain that people were going through under the repressive regime of the Mosaic Law. One of many, I'm sure, but he had the courage to speak up. So... Uh, back then, they physically crucified dissenters. And Jesus was not the first person to be crucified, right? In, in the Roman uh, fucking ju justice system, quote-unquote. I've read somewhere that most of those motherfuckers that were crucified were crucified upside down. Maybe that's where they say 
that maybe that's where the pseudo satanic cross came from. The satanic cross is not the upside down cross. That's uh, that's not true. That's false. Not only that, I don't think Satan Satan is real. In the sense of like, um, it could because the stories, the story of the fallen angel, uh, the one who favored wisdom over religion or whatever the fuck, that's not new. If you go back and study Egyptian, the Egyptian stories, they have their own trinity. Uh, Ra, uh, Set, it was he was the, uh, the 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 sun, the fallen sun who ruled the underworld. Oh, Hades. Oh, Lucifer. Oh, you know what I mean? There is a universality. I've always felt that truth persists. The labels change, but truth persists. The, f- the, the, the... I know it's going to ruffle some feathers. <coughs> but I don't care. Because, um, like I'm going to share in the podcast where I talk about the songs uh, that you shared, I'm just going to give you a hint. I've had near-death experiences. Didn't actually die, but my life was put in peril based on choices I'd made. And uh, by all accounts on statistics, I probably should already be dead. Should have flown off into a ravine in the center of Washington or been hit head-on in that same fucking uh, incident by a car and died and probably taken him with me, you know, but I'm not dead. Well, at least not right now. So, if there's a reason I'm still here, then there's nothing you that there's nothing that any of the haters can do to fucking thwart what I have to do here. I've drank and smoked myself to hopefully to death, and it hasn't worked yet. Something about my bloodline doesn't let me quit. No matter how fucking hard it gets, you guys. Last night, last night was fucking hard. I um. I sat up in the tree in my backyard because this is back porch with Cody Dufford. I sat up in the tree to gain some perspective and it wasn't a lot because it's a, it's a cute little tree. I just sat there and just, uh, just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Why the fuck am I still here? Haven't I done enough? (laughs) And then I watched um, that Disney Disney show, Onward. Interestingly titled. And for most of it, I sobbed. I cried. Almost the whole time. And I was so tired when I woke up. I cried because of the lost magic. And I cried because this show was trying to remind remind us of the, the magic that was lost. 
and I've worked for Disney, and then I've also heard the stories about how Walt Disney, as a person, was a, a Nazi sympathizer. That is fact. And so then, uh, so working for Bob Iger, basically, this the current CEO of Walt Dis of Disney, and then working as a college program student and getting paid the federal fucking minimum wage, and then doing all the work that they wanted us to do, basically fucking indentured servant slave labor with the promise of, hey, if you do a good enough job, then then maybe you can be on the team. I mean, I get the... I understand that you got to prove your worth and stuff, but it's like, what the fuck does that even mean? But life is a journey, right? That being said, I recognize that um, right now I feel lazy. I know I could be doing more, but I don't. And the reason why is because I'm living in fear still. So, that is a bummer for me. It hurts that um, when is it going to end, you know? When is this, when is this fear, trauma, shit that I, I can feel it in my lower hips? When is it going to go away? And when can I finally be when I'm supposed to be? And my higher self answers, when you decide it. When you decide, fuck it. Like that, uh, like Frozen 2, you know. Into the unknown, into the unknown. <laughs> into the unknown. <laughs> I'm much better at playing the piano than I am singing, especially at this hour, with my voice being wonderfully taken care of. Synopsis of it being, thank you so much for sharing. And um, thank you for listening. Seriously. It, it means a lot. And, um, and thank you for your comments. And thank you for your participation. Um, <laughs> you're helping one old man not feel so alone.
Thank you. Peace and blessings.